0: Red cord. Um, We are having a special class today. I would first like, I would like to acknowledge and thank the host, the Morovich family, and the weekly amazing Chabad Solar Ladies Tuesday day class. I would also like to take this opportunity and acknowledge and thank that my son, this is a personal thank you, um, I would say had his best year of yeshiva school so far by a rabbi Shemtov in the yeshiva. And a lot of that has to do with his wife because aside of him being an amazing teacher, I know that my son spent many fabrenions. The teacher invites the students to his house and that connection really goes a long way. And when Mrs. Shemtov asked me to speak about this topic, I feel indebted. On top of the fact that we have other solar ladies who asked me to address, um, in my opinion, the question to narrow down the question is what should we do with Haim Walder's books? But I think the only way to properly approach this is to take a little step back, and especially as Mrs. Shemtov told me that their women's class is a text based class. Now, I would hope that when I give a share, I'm properly giving over what I read. We don't make things up, but this is going to be a little bit more text based. So I want to address three topics, which would lead us into the question of what should one do with the books of Chaim Walder and the three topics. And again, I'm going to quote from inside and give sources and that which I am not yet sourcing challenge me. Parenthetically, it was Pesach, a very busy a few days, so I, Mamish, didn't have a proper time to sit down and to uh, put my thoughts together. But, um, but I'll do my best to really to quote from sources, and if I'm not giving you the the page and the book, I will give it to you when you so request. Okay. So here are the three topics that I would like to mention. Topic number one is.
1: Sorry, Rabbi Zain, thank you so much. I'm just gonna. Um- I'm gonna put the PDF that I put together of the sources that you send me for oh, anyone that doesn't have access to it so oh. people can see
0: it. Okay, so I, I did send to Mrs. Shemtov, not not all, but some of the sources that I would be quoting from today. And so she's posting it on the uh, Mrs. Shemtov's group. And the Chabad Solo Ladies, if you would like, I'll post it later. Whatever I posted to her, I'll post it on the uh, Solo Ladies chat.
1: I can send it here on the chat as well, in the Zoom chat.
0: Yeah, but Um, uh, okay, no, no, no. But that Zoom chat that you have is not is not the ladies chat. That's our (gasps) Gemara's chat. Ah, got it,
1: got it. Okay. Okay,
0: (laughs) so let's go. Okay, so here we go. Topic number one is these are such relevant topics. Is that what does Halacha say about rumors? I'm not saying that Chaim Walder is in the category of rumors, but let's address about the topic of a rumor, which means that when you hear a rumor that so and so did X, Y, or Z. What should one's reaction be halachically? And let me just verbalize the challenge. We are educated, correctly so, not to accept lashon Hara. I'm not speaking about a positive rumor, I'm speaking about a negative rumor. So when someone tells you that so-and-so did an amazing mitzvah, believe it, Good. be inspired by it. We're speaking about any type of rumor that is not positive. So when it comes to the great violation of Lashon Hara, which isn't only incumbent upon the speaker, part of the sin of the violation of Lashon Hara is the acceptance of. So let me just begin with the beginning. Someone told you that so-and-so is behaving in a very, very terrible way. Even before we get into the severities of the sin, like what's the first gut reaction? Mm. Hear no evil and see no evil? Is is this not what we have been told regarding Lashon Hara? So that's Topic number one, and I'm going to question and answer every topic for for itself mm-hmm. before I speak about the other two topics. And the answer to this is very important. And I will begin quoting a Gemara. Unfortunately, I don't remember the page, but it's a Masechtos Yitro, and we have this a few other places as well. And this this Gemara is brought down in the Chapat Chaim, and I'm going to use him as the halachic source when it comes to the rules of Lashon Hara. And listen to this Gemara. There's a fast day called the fast day of Gedalia ben Achikam. We are familiar with the fast day. We live it. Whether we actually fast or not, that's another topic, but uh, there's a tightness. The Gemara says that Gedalia ben Achikam is partially guilty for the fact that he was murdered. He, he is held responsible. Now, just to make it clear that don't come and say the Gemara is blaming the victim. People have to be knowledgeable with the teachings of the Gemara. You have to understand the context of these statements. No, we are not blaming the victim, but when a story happened and we want to learn a lesson from it, then it's very important, just like Lahavdal, if someone was mugged. We're not blaming the victim, but it's good to say, okay, what could I do in the future, not like the person who got mugged, to up the chances of me not getting mugged? That's not blaming the victim. So the Gemara says that what we learn from Gedaldi Gedali ben Achikam is is that he was told by Yochanan, whose name I forgot, Yochanan ben someone, that people are planning to kill him. And he did not accept that rumor. And since he didn't accept the rumor, he did not take certain precautions that he would have taken had he given more credence to the rumor. Asks the Gemara, Baht, and Hara. It's good to know that all of these topics, our mamas discussed, we are a people, that we are the wealthiest people in the world. We have a Torah, the Torah is vast. There is no scenario that did not happen in the past that was thoroughly discussed without emotion, simply in halacha, and at times, at times, we are the ones who lack the knowledge. And I'm sure that there are many sources that I don't know, but let me just share you off the cuff what I know. So the Gemara says that Gedalia ben Achikam, was not allowed to believe that someone was going to murder him as a fact. But since there was a rumor that someone was planning to murder (coughs) him, he should have been, I'm using the words in in the Torah, the words of Gemara, he should have been chayish. Chayish means he should have have said to himself, there's such a possibility. He should have taken that into account. His complete dismissal of that rumor because of, Lashon hara is part of what led to his death. And therefore, the Chavetz Chaim, who was the one that promoted the virtue of not speaking negatively and not listening to negative speech, he paskins, whether it is in Chavetz Chaim, Patek Yud Zayin, that I remember, and in other places, that when someone says something negative, which is to your elis, which means it is to your benefit, it's beneficial for you to know that so and so is a predator. It's to your benefit, to, for you to stay away. For you to make to make sure that your children stay away. That's if people are only got a bit selfish, and if people are at least a little bit selfless, then if it's important for me to know, it's important for my fellow to know because their children are also God's children. Then there is a purpose in um, letting people know that there is such a rumor, because because you have to be chayish to that rumor. Now again, when you hear a rumor, it doesn't mean that it's true. It's just let's call let's use the words it's an allegation. But an allegation has weight in halacha, not for you to paskin based on it, but for you to take precautions to protect yourself. Okay. Now, topic number two. Am I allowed to repeat it? I just said I could. Can I repeat a rumor? Does me listening and being chayish for me? And then there's me repeating it. Me repeating it can be something more severe because if I'm repeating the rumor, if the rumor is not true, then I'm violating again lashon Hader. <coughs> and the answer for this, these are simonim in Shulchan Aruch. So in Cheshen Mishpat, which is the fourth section of Shulchan Aruch, in Simmon Tov, Chav, Vav, which is 426. It's a very small chapter. It's a small simen. It actually is comprised of one one if one paragraph. There, the halacha addresses the challenge that we have. How do I balance in weigh saying something which shines a negative light on someone else? Lashon hara. With the other hand, with my obligation of protecting my fellow from harm. And before I read the Shulchan Aruch, if you have a chumash, and you go to the portion of Kedoshim, there was one Pasuk. In the same verse where God says, Loiselech Rachel Ba'amisecha, which means don't be a gossiper. Right? Don't gossip. This is Vayikra, Parshas Kedoshim, Patek Yutes, Pasuk Tez, Zion. Loiselech Rachel Ba'amecha, don't gossip. In the same verse, not the next verse, which is also significant. <coughs> Don't stand on your fellow's blood. That's the
2: same passage.
0: Same verse. Isn't that amazing? You see God's wisdom. I,
2: I, I, I didn't even I, I know this.
0: I know I know, I know I know. I'm saying that that's it's good to know. I'm saying we're Rachel? speaking out. Rachel? Rachel means a gossiper.
2: So not Rachel. Rachel. The source.
0: No Rachel. no not <laughs> Rachel. Reish Chav Yud Lamed. Rachel, which oh, okay. means a sheep, that was, that's the name of a, of a tzedkanias and many other right, Jewish women that are named after. Okay. So it's amazing that God in the same verse, in which God says, don't be a gossiper, in the same verse writes, don't stand on your fellow's blood. Now let me just interpret the meaning of not standing on your fellow's blood. Not standing on your fellow's blood doesn't mean not to stand on your fellow's blood. That's not the meaning of it. All right. Like every other verse in the Torah, the oral Torah interprets the meaning of a verse. Like when God says, don't work on Shabbos, you have to know what that means. Every verse is meant to be taken literally, but you have to know the pshat. Not to work on Shabbos doesn't mean you have to drive and not walk because walking is more, uh, let's say, cumbersome. It's more, you know, it it makes me work. That's not the pshat. The pshat of not standing on your fellow's blood means that in contrast to the current um, law of the society that we live in, for those of us who are living in in which remaining silent is an option, it's not illegal, you're not obligated to take action. If there is something that you can do that will save a life, and you don't take that action, then you're standing on your fellow's blood. That's a, you saw it, that we have to be a light upon the nations and we have to in, in, influence that this is a very important law amongst many others that the world will accept when Moshiach will come. And it makes so much sense. I remember getting off the topic for a second that during Hurricane Sandy, I remember that. For people who remember that in New York, there was a terrible hurricane and there was real flooding and somewhere near the oil, somewhere in Queens, there was a woman with two children that were in this waters that didn't stop. And she was on someone's porch and she was knocking on their window. And the person in there did not open up. And one of her children, she lost the grip and her children died. And she found the body a few minutes later. And in American law, tragically, the person, she saw her, he was afraid to open the door, did nothing illegal. And by traitor law, that's the meaning, don't stand on your fellow's blood. And the fact that Hashem put it in the same verse, just underlines the challenge, this is the topic. So where is the line? Where is the line? Sharing, not sharing. The answer is in Shulchan Arach. It's very clear. And I want to speak specifically about sexual misbehavior. Specifically because the halacha differentiates um, any type of misbehavior that can cause other people to lose their lives, which includes a molester, who as we know today, perhaps people did not know as much as the percent of people who got molested sexually, how many of them commit suicide. And that's, on the molester, that's on the shoulders of the molester. It brings them to such a unhealthy mental state that they cannot live. They don't know how to live on. And 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 whenever there is a rumor that someone is a molester, we are obligated. We are mechuyev, amongst other things, to share that information in order to protect society. And I'm going to go into more details about a rumor. We're going to get in a moment. Like. Well, if the, you know, the counter is what? Just because one person wakes up and they say that so-and-so molested, now the whole world has to know about it. We'll get to that in a moment. But first, the concept. So if the the, the content of this rumor won't affect others, whether it's true or not, then wash another. And even you who heard it, you're not allowed to believe it, but be chayish. Don't be foolish. Could be. If the the content of the allegation or of the rumor, if it's true, if, I'm not saying, but if it's true, can be damaging to others, particularly when it could be damaging to other people's lives, then that's what I want to quote. It says Mm -hmm. in Shulchan Aruch, in Tov Chavov, that we are obligated to notify others. It's a chiyuv. Let me just read it just for the record. So... says in Shulchan Aruch. Okay, here we go. I mean, one of the examples is that you hear that someone is coming to get you. You hear that someone is coming to to, to rob a neighborhood. And these are robbers that at times would kill. I do want to differentiate whether there's life. You're obligated to notify everyone that so-and-so is coming. And if you have a doubt, you notify. I don't know if it's true. Maybe, because just like if you hear that, like you who heard that maybe someone is coming to kill him, he should have taken that into account. Not to believe it, you don't have proof, but not to, not to erase it from your mind. If it's, if it's, for me, important for my life, it's important for me to let you know. If it's completely not a risk to other people, that's where I'm not allowed to share it. You have to
2: take precautions.
0: Not only do I have to take precautions, but I have to share it. That's clear. And by the way, these two steps so far, no one debates. How do you,
2: how does the average person determine they hear a rumor? Someone. Okay. Molested,
0: how do you... Okay. Okay. Very good. Very good. So let's go about let's go about rumors more about rumors. Again, the beauty about halach is is that there's so much in halach about rumors. There's so much guidance. I'll give you just one example. There are many examples. One example, and I did not send this in the, um, in the in the in the uh, footnotes or in the uh, curriculum just came to my mind. In the Shulchan Aruch, we have halachas about who is fit to lead the community in prayer. That position is called today a chazan, even though chazan doesn't mean that, but people call it a chazan or a shliach tzibur. That's just an example of someone who's leading the community in services. And there is, since he's representing the community, he has to be a person who's acting appropriately and again, it's very simple. There are two steps in acting appropriately. There was someone who sinned in the past, but did tshuva. However, we determine that, just to be aware of that. That's one category of maybe someone in the past did something wrong, but yes, there is tshuva. How to apply that to what case is a more complex, but it's doable, not complex, and therefore, I don't know. No, we, we know how to deal with this. And then you have someone who's currently sinning. And it says in Shulchan Aruch, and Shulchan Aruch is speaking about rumors. So I want to address rumors. Like, how do we know whether a rumor is credible or not? So I'm going here in the Al-Terev Shulchan Aruch, HaKhaim, chapter 53, Simon Nun Gimel. I'm reading, I'm reading, let's go, uh, uh, Se'iv Vav, Halacha 6. So first of all, there is a, there's, there's a halacha about someone who in the past manslaughtered. Just different details. They took a life, the He's allowed He's allowed to be a shliach tzibur if he did tshuva. How do we really, really know he did tshuva? We don't really, really know. One of the ways we know if someone did tshuva is if they own their mistake. Simple thing. Just by default. If someone says, yeah, I did it and I feel terrible. Whether they really feel terrible or not, still halacha deals with that. But just for you to know, we accept that, that statement. But if some, in, in in the case of this case, a person manslaughtered, so he doesn't have to go around saying that 20 years ago my brakes broke and I killed someone or whatever the scenario was by accident. He doesn't have to advertise it but if he's asked that question he has to own up. People who hide what they did that's a halachic indication that they're not doing chuv. Is that considered
2: killing the shuvah?
0: Yeah. Yeah. So,
2: so he's not
1: whose
0: in it is. Uh, yeah, Margot, let's not get into this right now. I just want to... So that person that chuvah he can be actually shulayachzib. Another, another uh, criterion for having... Being a shliach zibur. A person who Yatzah Olav sheimra, Someone who there is a rumor. This is a Tahalacha speaks about rumors. Someone who there is a rumor that they did something not good. Rumors have weight in halacha. But it's not the end game, it's just the beginning game. But there's a beginning. So the, there's denim over here about someone who upon there is a rumor. Then he writes like this, that if there's only a rumor before we resolve the rumor, then you don't appoint a shliach tzibur. But if he's already in that position, you don't remove him based on the rumor. He said, did If there's only a rumor so far, then you don't give a person a position of leadership. But if they already have a position of leadership, a rumor is not enough to remove the rumor. But what do you do? Rumors have weight. And there are simonim and shulchan that speak about rumors. Regarding what should a... A spouse, do if there's a rumor that their spouse is committing adultery. I'm speaking about the dinim in Shulchan Aruch. These are not far fetched. These are dinim that are brought down from the Gemara in Shulchan Aruch. And let me just read. This is, I gave you a couple of copies that in Evan Hoezin, there are three types of rumors. Before what we do with it, just to know there are three types of rumors. And I'm going into Evan Hoezin. I'm going into the fourth simon, siman Dalid. We're going into Halacha 7 and to Halacha 8, to Halacha 9, to Halacha 10. And if you'll push it, read the halachas. You're going to see what's called um, second over here. I think I went to the wrong page. A, I'm sorry. No, I go further. I'm going into halacha 15. Halacha 15. if Tezvab. For example, there was a married woman. There's a rumor that she committed adultery. Just as an example, the the, the, the rumors are. Full in shulchanar. And there's halachas, what do you do with the rumor? So there are different words that he uses. There is a koil, koil means there's a rumor. Then there's something called the hakoil, the ha-koil meranenin achareh. I'm reading outside the Machaber. Everyone is talking about it. And then you have what we call a raglayim l'davar. In this case, in this case, that this is a woman that's behaving beyond the norms. She's called perutza biyoyser. Whatever the norms of society is, she doesn't fit into that box. So that leads more credence to the rumors. So first of all, a rumor has weight. We don't paskin based on a rumor. We don't say, oh, there's a rumor and that's the end of the game, but we open up, we open up a tick. And and, and here is here is very important. Simple rules. There's chubas of the Tzedek. And he writes like this: the rumor has to be taken to a basedan. What rumor has to be taken to a basedin? I'm telling you the words. If the rumor is ongoing for 36 hours without anyone countering the rumor. That's step number one. Was there anyone that countered the rumor? This 36 hours is very much discussed in latter halakhic authorities, how we apply this today. It's certainly not 36 hours today, because in those days there was no internet, there was no communication. Starting a rumor was a lot harder then, was a lot more difficult. How would you start a rumor? Now it's a lot easier to start a rumor, especially since you can remain anonymous a lot easier to start a rumor. There's no repercussions if you will be caught to be lying. So just to be aware of it, we know all that, but I'm saying the words in halachim, if if when the rumor came out, it was right away countered, then the rumor is dismissed. If the rumor persisted for 36 hours, if it persisted for a certain amount of time and no one countered the rumor then what the first thing the Beisdin has to determine to the best of their their ability is, does this person have enemies? And that a Tzedek Paskins, that other than children, everyone has enemies. He just frames it that way. And you have to find out to the best of your ability, a Beisdin, with witnesses, where did the rumor come from? And if you can trace the rumor back to the enemy of the person upon whom there is this rumor, then the in then will rule that the rumor is not substantial. If the rumor did not come from an enemy, it doesn't mean that this person is guilty of what they did, but now this rumor has more weight. And this more weight has different consequences in halacha when it comes to different scenarios, and I want to focus on molestation specifically. Okay, so far, it's I, even when, when I hear something that someone is trying to hurt me or trying to hurt you, before I investigate, before I know whether the rumor is for 36 hours, before I know whether it's coming from your enemy, the Gemara says, and the, uh, and the Chafetz Chaim Paskins, don't dismiss it in your mind. Don't believe it. You're not saying it's true. You're saying, oh, there's a rumor. It's It's called a rumor. Or in the words of Shulchan Aruch, it's called a koil, that's kuflamit a voice. A voice is something. It's not proof. It's not to be dismissed. It's called an allegation. The ways of dismissing an allegation is, firstly, to see if it persists. The longer it persists, the more credence it has. And not you, not me, but a based in is obligated if this affects, because a rumor will affect that person, true or not. You have to pursue it. You have to make it an investigation. And if it's coming from an enemy, then it should be dismissed, if all it is is an allegation. Great example of this topic and many, many uh, good you know, modern halachic authorities opined when the Kavanaugh case came out. I remember it was from there. So there it wasn't about current, it was about the past. This So there was a rumor that he did something many years ago. Clearly he was not doing shuvah, because he was saying he didn't do it. In other words, if if it would have been proven that it's false, or if halacha would determine there's not enough to substantiate, you have to dismiss it, then it's good. If we would have determined that it's true, then there's a problem that he didn't do tshuva. He did not do tshuva. Either he didn't do it or he did it. Tshuva he didn't do. Tshuva means I own up, I did it and I I feel terrible. We discovered then that it's coming from very few people, right? Ultimately, the FBI made an investigation. And let me say like this, I was not part of that investigation, but being that it became politicized, then there's definitely there's a high likelihood that this was coming from his enemies or from Trump's enemies. I'm not saying that as a fact. I'm just giving you an example of what an enemy means. In contrast, and that's important, in contrast, when a child alleges that an adult molested them, it's very difficult for you to make a claim that the child is the enemy. Very difficult. Maybe there are exceptions, but the premise common sense. Which is why halacha... Not only Bechlau, um gives a lot of credibility to an allegation about when a person says that they were raped or they were molested, it takes a lot of courage to come out and say that in public. That in itself gives them credibility halachically. And unless you know that they are enemies, their testimony has a lot of weight in halacha. That's even if it was not done in a Bayesden, but it's out there, they don't deny, yeah, person says, yeah, I, that so-and-so molested me. Minimally, it's called a coil. Okay, now, now let me add to the specific case of Chaim Walder. When it comes to rumors, being that, like we said, that some paskins, I'll find the tshuva later, based on these rules of the Gemara that, is it ongoing? Is it ongoing? And do you have enemies? the more people come out with the same type of allegation the more credibility it has not only because of um, not only because of uh, everyone is your enemy but like like there's there's you know one person two persons three persons four persons it, it 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 i'm not saying that he's guilty i'm just saying it gives more credibility to the rumor so whenever a person whenever there's allegations that so and so molested a child I'm not minimizing the sin of him seducing married women. I'm just speaking specifically here about children because that's mamash pikuach nefesh that has to be taken on a different level. He's not just ruining a marriage and you know violating grave sins, but if he if the allegations are true and he molested many many youngsters, molesting, raping, then he's a person who is a danger for people's lives. He's a he's a he, he ha- so The more the more credibility it has. Not only was that the case by Chaim Walder, but very importantly, in his case, there was a Beisden led by Rabbi yele And with the, with the greatest respect that I have to the Litvisha world, um, they're not happy with him right now because, because of this story. But he's a he's a legitimate Rav. He's a great Rav. And he had women come and testify in front of a Beisden. We have actually recordings online where you can hear what women are saying about how they had an affair with him, how how he told them to deny it, how he's explaining to them that we're living in a world that you can deny anything. And even if they find a picture of me and you, I'll say it was Photoshopped, Denied until death. And then he's telling a woman, and if you're gonna come out and say that I had an affair with you, I'm gonna commit suicide. So he was, he was using this uh, sick blackmail. This is, we hear him. Now, can you Photoshop a tape? Yeah. So, but there is a limit. In other words, when you have a recording, when you have a Beisden, by Chaim Walder, it's way beyond allegations. It's way beyond an allegation that has weight. This is already a based in that accepted the testimony of 20 some women and children. That he had an affair with boys, with girls, with adults, with minors, over a tremendous period of time. I'm not saying that Shuva would affect his case. But again, the fact that he denied it, it was going halachically. If you deny something, you're not doing shuba for it. Which means that if Chaim Walder would not have committed suicide, there would be an obligation upon us to let every human being in the world know that this guy is a rapist and a child molester and stay away and keep your kids away from him. You're mochoyev to do so. You're obligated to do so. Okay. Now comes the third topic. The third topic is now what? Now what, meaning whether he would be living in jail. I want I to. before I go to the final topic, now practically right now, when you hear allegations on someone, practically, don't go to a Beisden because a based in here in Los Angeles, or in, I would say in the Law audits, we don't have the experience and the power more, the power to put an end to the behavior if it's found to be true. Today, me, you, we are obligated, we are obligated to go to the authorities. This is a of all of the big price come of our generation. I don't even have to quote sources based on dinim of the Rajbah. In other words, there are certain areas in halacha where we have to resolve it within the community. There are certain only financial issues at time that if I would take someone else to the goyish authorities, I'm violating a terrible violation known as Mesida. I don't want to talk about this right now, but it was already Paschkin concerning sexual allegations, allegations that I am obligated to, to abide by the laws of, you know, if someone comes and tells me I'm a rabbi, I'm Mukhoyiv, and I have the mitzvah of calling up the, uh, the local authorities. If you hear a rumor, the, the mitzvah that you're doing, for you not to violate, to call the authorities. In other words, when you hear a rumor, maybe the rumor is only coming from one person. Maybe it's coming from their enemy. So I am not saying that just hearing a rumor means you have to plaster this person all over the internet. I'm not saying that. You have to take weight to it. And what should you do practically? Call up the authorities. And even though the, the local authorities are not perfect, okay, but it's, it's good. It has a lot of weight. They have weight, they have halachic weight. Let me share with you a recent quick story.
2: How, how do you know if it's the, the rumor, it's true, so, or just a
0: rumor? So that's why I'm saying, call up the authorities. The authorities now, the detectives here in Los Angeles who have experience and who are not biased, we will rely on their, on their investigation to determine whether the person is innocent or guilty. Let me give you a, a story without mentioning names that there was a, there was a a woman that was alleging that is alleging not was that is and I'm, fashol, I'm not minimizing this allegation that, that that her ex-husband's current wife is molesting her daughter what should i do now the the information was shared with me in the context of Helping her raise money for her legal bills. That's just a, so what do you do? In words, there was no need for me to be the reporter because it was reported. It, it went to the it went to the authorities and it went to court. And the other side reached out and told me that don't you dare lend any hand in any financial support because these allegations are not true and I'm being persecuted. Or my, my new wife is being persecuted. Because sometimes it's, it's not true. So what should you do? So what I did is I reached out to a non-partial person. I can tell you right. I reached out to Mrs. Debbie Fox. I reached out to her a lot. And she gave me great advice. She told me to speak to a big expert. I'm not going to mention the name of the expert. I called up the expert and he told me something so rational. He says that in my case... Since the case went to court and so far her side lost I means someone looked into it the authorities looked into it they made a judgment then right now I have to follow that ruling she's appealing it if she'll win the appeal then I have to side with her in other words we have to follow the judicial system ideally it should be judged by a, by a, by a beisden and when Mashiach will come a beisden will judge it in other words, I'm not saying that the rumor is the end. I'm saying that the rumor is something. You have to know what to do. So in my case, there's a rumor. I heard this rumor. It was countered. It was countered the whole time. This is an example where it's coming from one place, not from many places. And in my case, in this specific case, it was, it was brought to the authorities, and there was an investigation, and there were detectives, and there were police, and there was the child protective services, and it went in front of a judge. And after the judge gives a ruling, then, it, then this person tells me, you have to, you have to follow a legal system. And I'm not, I'm not saying that 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 just because the judge, could be the judge made a mistake. But here I feel there's nothing that I need to do right now. I'm following the judge's ruling. Okay. And now let me come back over here. In our case, by Chaim Walder, it's not allegations, it's not only a rumor. In Chaim Walder, I'm saying this based on the fact that there was an investigation by a based in, by Rabbi Elio's based in, and so many people testified that 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 the crimes that there is allegations about are true. That's it, he was judged already, he was found guilty. Aside of the fact that, thank God, they went to the police, which is Gavaldik, in Israel. Okay, now, now the question is, based on the above, it's not only rumors, in this case of Chaim Walder, he was found guilty in obeys him. You have so many people, not everyone is his enemy, too many people, children, and a child, one child has a lot of credibility. So based on the premise, which is correct, that he molested children and young unmarried women and he seduced a married woman. So what do we do now with his books? And let me point out the irony. The irony here is, is that in the past there were cases where someone was guilty of horrible crimes like this or maybe not as horrible and and they painted nice pictures. Just an example. Nice artist. Their art is art. The content of his books is all about educating children and being ethical and being moral. In other words, it's not It's not like, this is the topic. The topic in which he is guilty of is the topic that he is famous for. I'm just bringing out the, the challenge. And I know, compounded with, that it's so difficult to find good English books, I'm not minimizing the ones that are out there, that it's hard to replace them like Rachmanus on the kids, meaning the content is so good. And, and, and so the question now is, what do we do with his books? What do we do with his books? All of this was discussed in, 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 in Poiskim, and you have no idea how many times these things came out, not, not like this, but similar topics. So again, offhand, this is offhand, Miss, you called me up, Mrs. Uh, Shemtev. What came to my mind was the, was the following. And this is from Yigedus Moshe. That's Rav Moshe Feinstein, and that's a very good source to go to. Sometimes it's good to go to the beginning. Sometimes it's good to go to the end because he already quotes in his response where he got it from. And I'm going to quote the names because he quotes the names. So we're going back, I think, to the 60s. Let me just find it. Whoever has a Igeras Moshe Evan Ezra Chelik Aleph, um, let me find my page over here. Um, it was it was it was Kufches. Right, one second. What's oh, Hadigvav? It's responsa. Oh, responsa 96. Many people have the sefer in their home, and or if you're having, if you have the book, it's on page (laughs) 18. I didn't mean to laugh to make light. Okay, I'm sorry. This is about someone who was popular. Tavshin Yutess is 1959. In 1959, imagine in America how few good Jewish musicians we had. So there was someone that was famous and he made nice nigonim. Then we found out, he composed music when he was a good person, a kosher Jew, at least to our knowledge. He made terrible choices. I don't know and I don't care to know. Whatever he did, he did something that he became, oh, not a kosher person. He has a bad reputation. Again, I'm going into the reputation because there Rav Moshe Feinstein understood that there wasn't enough evidence the way we have on Chaim Walder, but still reputation and rumors. There was enough of a rumor based on the fact that no one disputed it, based on the fact that this it was coming from people that were not his enemies. These are the two halachic criteria. So we accept at least the rumors. So im Yeishlin lenagnan al That was the, can you can you sing his melodies? Much lower scenario, but I'm I'm making the the, the comparison because you have the author who is not a kosher person. Again, his non-kosher wasn't concerning Negunen, but could you use his music? And there was a big machloekes. Here I can smile because everything is a machloekes. Who is the big machloekes between Amosha Feinstein and a contemporary of his, who who whose name is Menashe Klein or Menashe Hakaton? Who wrote a very important series of halachic responses called Mishnah Halachis? And I'm not I'm not judging who's great or who's not. These are the great halachic authorities of the United States and of the world. So Rav Moshe wrote very strongly, leniently, very strong. I'm gonna read it. He was kosher for many years, and he made up many nigunim, And now they sing it by the weddings and Ben Etoidah, and now Toiva. What was his? What was the? It wasn't more than allegations that he began to sing for boys and girls together. And they want to know whether we can sing his music. La says, I don't see any prohibition. Why? Because he composed these melodies prior to his making prior to his bad choices. And he brings a great proof, Gavaldik. What's his great proof? His proof is that there was a Jew by the name of Yechen and Gadol. Many people are familiar with the holiday of Chanukah. Whether it's Matis ben Yechen and Gadol, whether it's the same Yechen and Gadol or not, is a debate. He quotes this debate, but it's a, it's an important debate. Each side has a lot of legs to stand on. There was a Yechinen Koen Gadol that for 80 years was a Koen Gadol. Imagine, that means he was 93 and then he made terrible choices. He changed his lifestyle. He became a heretic. During his, imagine, his his illustrious career, he enacted many rabbinic laws. And those rabbinic laws, says Rav Moshe, were never shelved they were never removed prior to his acting out because they were enacted by a person who was at tzaddik when he enacted. Comes along of Menashe Klein in Mishnah Halacha, and I think I gave to Mrs. Shemtov the book and page, which is important. I'll, I'll, I'll let me just find it over here. And uh, yeah, the Mishnah Halacha. Is in chelik vav, and it's Chuva 108, and he debates that he says no. Nope. And his main his main point, his main point, um, even concerning the proofs that he brings, is minimally minimally. There's a concept called shame reshoyim yirka, which means that the name of the wicked should rot which is a halachic concept, it's not an emotion speaking, which means that don't give any perpetuity and credence to the name of the wicked. He says that by Yeichel and Kohen Gadol, no one knows that he is the author of those enactments. So the enactment remained, his takanot remained, no one is giving him credit, it doesn't bother us. But if he were to be the link to, to his product, then then you can't then you can't use it. Then you can't use this product not to give continuity. Now, this case over here, certainly more severe, aside of the level of of, of violation, aside of that, that this person was 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 molesting, raping, sinning while he was composing his books. The books that he compiled, it's not his books, the books that he compiled are are not. Are not something that he did when he was kosher. There are books that he wrote when he was not kosher that we know of. So that makes it more severe. And 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 in conclusion, just to bring up the sources over here, that that it should be taken off the shelf when it has his name on it. In my opinion, that's clear. That's clear. Shame rishayim yirkav. The question is, what do we do now with the content? And that's a very good halachic debate, and I'm sure that there is a, a logic to say that take it off the shelves, at a certain point, reintroduce it without his name. that I get. This concept. this concept, I think, is a, I'm, not, I'm not an authority qualified to give a ruling, but theoretically, again, without real in-depth looking into it, and I'm sure there are other Judy Prudence chuvas regarding similar cases, but this would be a very good source of Rav Moshe Feinstein and Menashe Cotton debating whether you can use music of a certain individual. And there, the name was associated to the music. And Rav Moshe said yes, because he composed the music when he was okay. And Menashe Klein says no. Even Menashe Klein, if no one would know that he composed the music, I don't think he would oppose it. We have, this is my own logic speaking, that we have. Someone asked me this question last week. This is what came to my mind, and everyone knows this: that in Chagiga we learn about a person by the name of Alicia ben Avuya. Alicia ben Avuya was a great tana, he was a big tzaddik, he was a great scholar, he had tremendous students, including Rebbe Meir, the Rav Meir Balanest, that we all have discussed to visit in Tiveria, Irak and he became a heretic. I'm not comparing sins, he became a heretic. The other sages disassociated. Rav Meir continued to learn from him. And Rav Meir said, it's like having a fruit, take the good and throw out the bad. but he's no longer called by his name. He's called Acher. I'm using this just as another logic that if there's something to be learned, I don't believe in burning books, Bechlal. I think that that if there's good content, there's definitely in my mind a lot to say that it should be saved, but not in its current format. Even Rabbi Meir no longer called him by his name to make sure that his name has no linkage with anything in our people. I think this is a tremendous opportunity to speak to our children about how someone whose life's mission was to help and protect children, that person can be a a perpetrator. And again, you have to have a good psychologist. Uh, I I think that Mrs. Debbie Fax is amazing, and I'm sure there are other great people in organizations. I know it's a balance. We can't have our children living in fear, but every now and then, to, to knowledge that such people are out there, knowledge that such people are out there, the person that you think you can trust the most is the person that you can trust the least, will only benefit our children remaining more safe, unless they are overwhelmed. And every day you're hacking them about molestation, there's a certain limit to it. But I know that, you know, this is an opportunity for us to speak to our children, in my opinion, how this individual... He you know, chose, even though God gave him an animal soul, he chose to go down a certain path, which only the greatest and most wicked people in mankind ever went down. It's only befitting that someone like this committed suicide. It's the perfect ending of this world for him. And uh, and 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 our children should know that no matter how good his books are, that coming from such a person, we want to give no credence, no credibility, no koyach, no zuchus, no merit to someone like that. And I would even tell my kids that at some point, we're gonna gonna take the content, we're gonna erase his name, and we're gonna reintroduce it if there's something good to be learned. And the good didn't even come from him. The good came from other kids. The the good in the books are not from him. The good in the books are simply knowing how to write down other people's narratives. Other people other people didn't sin there's another reason why I don't think the book should be burnt I don't think the content should be lost but it should be reformatted maybe a bigger expert should add something should change it a little bit to save the good not linking it to his name based on based on our Moshe. and even the Nassha cotton for sure says it's us awesome. Moshe said it's, it's muter only because he composed it when he was a kosher person. Now, without mentioning names, it's not Negea. I know that this is a a topic that will lead to other topics because there are other people, maybe they lived a little bit, um, you know, not that many years ago, they're no longer alive, upon whom there are terrible allegations of also misbehavior, not of raping kids, but of of, of having affairs with many, many, many married women. And there's a lot of music that's out there. And yeah, there's a question mark. This is a good topic to discuss, how kosher is that music if it's associated with that person's name. I think this is a very healthy topic. The takeaway is, is that this has been discussed in the past. So people don't need to get emotional. People have to open up the books. We are the people of the book. Find more responsa from people on the caliber of Rav Moshe Feinstein and of Manasseh HaKaten or go back a generation or two. And I'm sure maybe such a case even happened in the past. Molestation tragically was always there You know, and you read stories, you read shuvahs about it, how how they were dealt with. Maybe let's find out. Maybe there's a Neideh Yehuda somewhere. Maybe there's a responsa of someone that was dealing with the Torah that was written by a molester. I'm almost sure this is out. You simply have to find it. I'm not saying that you have to apply it, but we, we have judy prudence. In other words, this is a Torah question, and there's so much content that we have to just gather and look at and either make a little bit of a bridge or mamish the same exact thing and base the halakhic ruling from it. Any questions?
1: Yeah, two questions I had, um, can you just explain again what the basis, you said that nowadays we should be going to secular court and, and trust whatever the secular court um, conclusion that they come to, like can you explain again the basis in halacha for trusting the secular court's yeah. system as opposed to a based in?
0: Yeah, yeah, I'm not, I don't like the word trust, I want to use the word go to, the go to. When, 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 there um, when there's any activity that's security related, securely related. The fact is, Beis Din has no power to protect you. If someone is breaking into your home, think about it that way. If someone right now, got not you, if someone is breaking into Ru'uven's home right now, calling up a Beis Din doesn't make sense because what, yes. what do you expect for the Beis Din to do? What could they do? They can't. You have no one to call. And on the other hand, you have to protect yourself. You're obligated to protect yourself. And based on the truth of the Rajbo, which is based, Mrs. Shemtov, on a Gemara that I remember in, in Bava Metzia, how the son of the Rab Shimon bar Yerchoy, the son of Rab Shimon bar Yerchoy worked for the Roman government catching thieves. He was a uh, policeman, and people criticized him. You're working for the Goiusha government, and he said, and he and he worked for the Goiusha. He worked as a policeman, and and uh, this is just the source and the Gemara. But the halacha is that when we live in a society that does not discriminate against Jews which is the United States, there isn't racism built into the government against the Jewish people, um, then uh, you are allowed to be an IRS agent, you're allowed to be a policeman, even though it means you're pulling over uh, a Jew that's speeding and giving him a ticket and reporting him. And similarly, if I'm a citizen, anything that's related to security, I'm obligated to go to the authorities because there is no one else to go to. When it comes to allegations that someone is, 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 is a molester, all right? He's not knocking on my window right now, but he will knock on someone's window. He will knock on someone. Now, I'm not saying for sure that he did it. But the only organ that we have available to us to put a stop to it is only the secular courts. Beisdom doesn't have such a power. It means even if they will investigate and halachically determine, now what? The beauty about the secular courts here is, is that they have a lot of experience. Their initial investigation will determine whether they're going to open up a file against the person. And by the way, that also has a halachic effect. That means if someone is reported to the, to the Child Protective Services and they don't pursue it, that is a halachic reason to know that there is no validity to it. That disproved the rumor because it was looked into and their threshold is very, very weak. That means many, many people we know that are taka innocent are being investigated. Just being investigated doesn't mean you're guilty. But if they don't even investigate, that's the way we do it. It's based, Mr. Shantov, it's based on a truth of the Nash when I sent it in the curriculum that I sent you. And everyone quotes him, but it's not just it's it's a common it, it, the, the topic was thoroughly discussed, way too late, we can say, but at least better late than ever, it was discussed, I think it was 10 years ago or 12 years ago, and all of the great Halachic authorities, beginning with, let's go with Rabbi Yellow Yashiv, let's consider Rabbi Yellow Yashiv the the world poysik after Rav Feinstein that based on that he advocates is an obligation to go to the authorities when it comes to molestation because it's a safety issue. What was your other okay? Question?
1: Yeah, another actually two more questions. So another question was that so you said that in the case of Walter the Basin already you know had judged him. Yep. I've heard people say that you know you can't have you can't judge someone if they're not there to defend themselves. Um, is that, Can you address
0: that? <laughs> well, well, well. Yeah, I can address that. Yeah. So, so very good. So, there's different stages in a in a Bezdin's ruling. Very good. But, but when the Bezdin he he was called to come to Bezdin. He was given that opportunity. He didn't come to Bezdin. The Bezdin didn't even want to call him because it was such outrageous allegations that they felt that they'll make a little bit of a, an investigation and they'll know that it's not true. What's well, they ran after the source of the rumor, you know, and their goal was they thought it's maybe coming from one person or from two people. If they would have found out that that person is an enemy, again, this is determined in halachim, they would have dismissed it. What, what turned out was not only were there, it wasn't two, it wasn't three, it was four, five, six, boom. So first they they, 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 they opened that up and then they called him to abase them and he refused to come. So let me say this way, Mr. Shamtav. if he would have been the head of the Sanhedrin, You're right, he did not have enough to sentence him to die. Correct. But there is a Bayesden that interrogated, or or they interviewed, uh, interrogated, they interviewed so many different people, the Bayesden came to the conclusion that this guy is guilty. Not to put him to death, but enough for, for me as an outsider to say that this goes way beyond a rumor that doesn't end. This is way beyond the rumor. This was already investigated by a Beisden. I want to go further. Again, I give a lot of credence to whether the police will open up a file. The Israeli police don't think, I mean, it's tragically. I don't want to make light of it. You know, when you have a divorce, for example, and then during a nasty divorce, one spouse says, oh, my spouse was molesting my kid. All right. Okay, go to the police. But I'm saying this is a case where there's an enemy. You you see, the police opened up a tick in Israel. They were after him. The police are not after people unless they already feel that there's enough evidence to find a person guilty. Here in America, the DA won't waste their money unless they feel they feel that they have a case. So yes, halachically that has weight.
1: Okay. Then one more question um, that I think comes up a lot with this is that when you we're talking about you know spreading information about someone in order to protect society, people say well often the family of that person is also hurt in the process. Um, you're not just hurting the the Perpetrator, but also his family. Um, yeah, could you address that? I want to respond that, that
0: the one who is hurting his family. I, I want to first of all, we are speaking about sexual molestation. Let's make it very clear, because sexual molestation falls into the category of a murderer. I'm not minimizing other sins or the trauma or the pain, but if an adult was seduced by someone, we're not putting that on the same shelf as 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 an adult raping a child molesting a child, and, and and the guilty one of hurting the family is the molester. It's completely, fully on the molester. Fully on the molester, shame on him. I'm a choy, listen, can you, can you imagine, there was someone on my block that has a tendency to murder, and you know about it and you don't tell me. your your silence is not an option. And if you don't know for sure, then you should tell me there are allegations. And then you should give it to the police. And I can just add, and if the police comes out here and the courts find him innocent, I think you should call the people and let them know that he was found innocent. I'm not saying that your job finished just by sharing the bad news. And I'm not saying that just because he's innocent is a lie for sure he's innocent. It's not foolproof, but you should share that. And it has halachic weight. In areas of security where we go to the secular courts, then we rely on them. If not, we're living in a world of chaos and we're not allowed to live in a world of chaos. We have to work with the powers that are are, are at. In areas where we go to the Beisden, which is definitely ideal, we work with the Beisden, which can also make mistakes, but you work with them. If they find guilty, you have to back them up. If they find someone innocent, you back them up. And in those areas nowadays that we are obligated to work with the civil authorities, and with the criminal, with the secular authorities, then we have to back them up for good and bad.
2: Sure. I mean, if you work with children,
1: you're a mandated reporter.
0: That means that if if someone finds out that you knew something and did not report it, you're liable. So what 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 Mrs. what what Mrs. Nathanson is saying is is that just to be aware that if a mandated reporter doesn't report, unlike my case of Sandy, um, Isaac, I'm sorry, um, that my uh, I'm sorry, that that here, yeah, even by the goyish law, silence is not an option. Thank you for correcting me. Yeah, not always, even in America. You're, I'm a to say now, if the trader would not allow me to speak up, if the trader would not allow me, just because I might go to jail, doesn't justify me speaking up. The traitor demands for you to speak up. It says in Shulchan Aruch that if you know that someone else might be injured, might. The case in the Shulchan Aruch is there is like a Ganef in the neighborhood, and he's breaking into homes. You're obligated to notify your block. And we, I know, I have a WhatsApp block on my block, and that's what we do that there is a car, we're not saying that that person in the car is a ganeth, we're saying suspicious. And there's the indecency of letting mm-hmm. everyone know about it. You're doing no harm, you're not saying that person is, is guilty, but it's, there's a mitzvah to share with the people in your social network that there is a potential danger, not because you are damning them to be dangerous, you are saying there's a potential. And be aware, you're m'choyev to do so. And the one who li- listens, that's going back to the beginning of what we learned. That's the big yesoid of the Chafetz Chaim based on the Gemara about Gedali ben Achikam. Gedali ben Achikam didn't know that, that he's going to get killed. But he should have taken it into account. And don't abuse Lashon Hara by saying, ah, Lashon Hara, I'm erasing it. Don't erase it. That balance is not something that we have to have. And you know what? It resonates because it's just common sense. Chaim Alder was actually found guilty in a basement. That's even worse. But even if not, even if not, I'm saying therefore since he was found guilty, Shamir to I don't think I don't think that we should keep his books in the format that it's at. He should become at best like Acher, People should even if he's his Torah will be quoted. It should not. No one should know it's coming from him. If if it's okay. And whoever, everyone is welcome to fully disagree. That will be amazing. <laughs> This is a good debate. It's very sad, but in the context of the Torah, it's good. It's good. It's good. And 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 to push it, to find out, speak to people that are more learned, and find out other sources. What we are really looking for is judy prudence. Find out cases that happened, mamish the same or similar. I think the case that I brought is relatively similar. I think if I brought anything really new to the table, is just to make people aware of the Yigeras Moshe and the and and the Mishnah Halacha Gavaldik. Then it's not emotional. Ah, this was already debated. I think Bela has her hand up or. Hi, thank you.
2: Okay, this is not a, a case about molestation, but it made me think about the case of um, Sholem Mordechai Rubashkin. And I read his book and I listened to him speak and it was very clear that the government, they went after him with false charges. And they, so how can we rely solely on the government and on the, the process of you know judicial law if such things can happen.
0: The big difference between between the tzaddik Rubashkin and Lahavdel de Russia Chaim is that even if, even if the allegations would have been true, he was no danger to any society. So I don't want to use his name, but if someone indeed was dishonest with the banks or for federal money, right? You can't even have this conversation on, in the same breath uh, and, and, and we have to be honest with the government, but it's not behaving or not behaving. And by the way, Bela, that's a great proof to my point, that it became known, the fact that so many other judges, so many other judges, judges that, are, that, that don't have skin in the game, said that there was a bias against them, you see, it came out. I would actually use this as a proof that in the world that we live in today, in you know, if there would have been uh, people that would have discredited these, these 23 women, then then it's a different conversation. No one is discrediting them. No one. You can't. It's too many. 20-some 20, 20 people, and he raped many more. That's what the, many people are ashamed to come out. I think that rumors have credence because even if a judge makes a mistake, there's pushback if many people feel it's wrong. There was no pushback defending him other than using abusing Lashon Hutter, which is a terrible thing, which is a terrible mistake that people make.
2: What's very weird about this situation for me personally, I, every time I ever saw his books, I, I had a, a strong aversion to them. Because of my personal experience that you know about, I could not even look Guys, at them. Guys, we have
0: amongst us a prophetess, it's amazing, I'm gonna make use of you, I'm gonna go after your sixth sense, Gavaldik. Uh, I'm saying that you're good, I'm good. So bottom line is go after, go after your gut feeling. I don't have that Madrega. I have his books. I had his books in my house, and I was impressed. I, what can I tell you? I was duped. Uh,
2: I I couldn't look at them. I couldn't read them. I couldn't buy them at all. I have a question. Sure. Um, <coughs> first, do we throw his books in the garbage? No.
0: Or do they get buried? <laughs> I would say I would. I, I really mean to shelve them. I I, I didn't say to, to throw them away.
2: Actually,
0: okay. I think to put to put them in a box. Put them away. Don't throw you them in the garbage. It's a big, good. Uh, they I don't believe in bordering book. books. I can't got My opinion. <coughs> <coughs> what I'm saying is, is, is would we, in theory, bury these books? Mm-hmm. No, because it, particularly when it comes to his books, he's a compiler. It's a big difference. Okay. He's simply r- r- printing other people's stories. They're not even his. So
2: it's not like, too, like no, it's no, no, no,
0: no, 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 but, no, no. Would, would, I would, I would shelve them and figure out. I think there's going to be some sort of big ruling about what to do with them. I don't think we're ready to throw it completely. I think okay. it's good to make a stance to right. put it away.
2: So the second the second question I have is, what happens to Neshama? I understand that we need to we need to share so that as a learning thing. But like I feel like even on Xmas we don't learn Torah in order not to hurt that person. So I hear all of this and obviously it's terrible and he did terrible things. But now that we know he was sick, he killed himself. It's, he can't hurt anyone anymore. Is there anywhere in us where we feel that we need to protect his neshama from the extended judgment?
0: Okay, so just for people who didn't, so Shoshana wants to know: is there any, is there any inyan now that the ikir is dealt with, which is he's no longer a threat because he, he killed himself. Um, is there any virtue in helping his neshama have an aliyah in any way, shape, or form? And I, I would, I, I would say, that certainly not in public. Certainly not in public, because, it, because the victims and people that are related to victims, the pain that they experience as a young woman committed suicide, after he committed suicide, because of this terrible eulogy that he was given by certain prominent rabbinic leaders. Why do you think they did that? Because they are terribly mistaken. And I want to conclude like this that, and I know this is a, this is so important, and it irritates the men, not just the women, that uh, since when I remember, since whenever there's a tragedy, and people get together, and this warped thinking, what comes up? You you know this woman who did sneers, the inches. That is, they got killed in more, So for sneers, these people make the biggest, for that inch, it's an inch like this, and the mechitza has to go to the heavens. That's not tolerated. But tolerating these people that are mamish mamish yasa Not the way, not they, they these are the people that are raping and Rahman al Islam and it's it's just mind-boggling. There's something crazy that has to be rectified. This is the cause. The causes is, is that we don't take a stand against it. And parting of the stand is there has to be a little bit of an extreme. I'm not saying burning, I'm saying, so, so thinking about being masak in his soul? No, no. no, no, no. I'm gonna say I'm saying that I'm, I'm, I, what you're saying is not wrong. And could be there's a tzaddik out there. I wanna say for me, for me, my mission is, 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 is to use this as an example of people who might have good intentions, who are terribly mistaken by not giving credence to these, even if it's only allegations. The Shulchan Aruch is filled with it. What the heck, what's wrong with these people? And, 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 and giving credence gives them power. And that lends hand, that's the l'isamad al-damriyecha. If there are calamities in the Jewish people because of modesty, this is the modesty that there are people, I'm not saying it's only men, there are men and there are women, and there are allegations that they are molesters, and we're not doing enough to uproot them. This, this is the reason why, if you want to link it to our fault, that's our fault here, that's what has to be rectified, and our generation is rectifying it.
2: And then in the next world does he do chuba. I don't and, care about and him. And him, I really... But like Hashem created this neshama and this neshama made horrible, horrible, horrible... I would, put him,
0: I would put him in the category of someone who mass murdered Jews. So instead of speaking yeah, about Chaim Walder, What about Tim Timcha... What about timcha Amalek, Amalek or what... So one second, what about Tim Amalek? Am what, what about Tim Amalek? Like we're not like... So, we're not, okay, okay, I want to use that. Amalek, Amalek is the exception that God said we should do genocide. By the way, Amalek, God said to kill the men and the women and the children and the infants and the animals. That's only for Amalek. You can't say he's Amalek. He's a mass murderer. He's a mass, well, who was the big mass murderer in America? I don't know enough American culture. Who's a famous mass murderer? Jeffrey Thomas. Jeffrey Thomas, uh, whoever Domer, he is. Whatever. Huh? Jeffrey
1: Dahmer.
0: Jeffrey Dahmer. Good, so Jeffrey Dahmer. Eden. So I'm saying, so I think people who want to do good, they should focus their compassion towards the victims of Jeffrey Dahmer. That's the money. people want to do good, like what's the message? An opportunity to speak of our kids, Dafka, that even someone who's your therapist, who's your therapist who's trying to help you because you got molested, he might molest you, or she might molest, to be aware of that. You have to have another therapist to tell you how to word it, not to scare the heck out of our kids, I know, but I'm saying it's good at least for us adults to say we're living in a oil and and to be aware of that, that adds protection. Yeah, bracha. Hi Rabbi, so my kids, uh, they uh-huh.
2: loved his books a couple years ago, I, I think a year ago my daughter